I'm a mother of an addict and I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Um, and the only thing that I have in my, uh, in my soul is art, you know? And so I've begun to use, like I did, like, like you said, I did a, a project around dying and death. Um, I, I'm using painting in words to explore what on earth is going on because I just don't know. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark big or small is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and joy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. To find out more about this podcast, my web courses, and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits. Well, you know who I've got by my side, my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky. So let's begin. Today we're going to tackle a tough but very important and relevant subject that affects a lot of us. Many of us have addiction in our families. How aware are we about how it's affected our own lives and our own mental health? And how much can we help our loved ones who are addicted? What about the destructive behaviors that come with addiction? How do we navigate these? Today we're speaking with Antonia Rolls, an artist who uses painting and words to explore difficult subjects. There's addiction in her family, and over the last 10 years she has seen how destructive, chaotic, and hopeless life with and around addiction can be. And she's just completed the first stage of a project of paintings and words called Addicts and Those Who Love Them, because behind every addict is someone who's traumatized by loving them. It's not so simple to walk away when your addict is your child, your parent, your sibling, or your spouse. Welcome to the show, Antonia. Thank you. It's lovely to be here with you, Nicole. Oh, I'm so pleased. Um, <laughs> we talked a couple years ago about your exhibit on death and dying, and now you're back with a brand new exhibit on the families affected by addiction. And I'm so looking forward to speaking to you about this. We have a massive problem um, in the United States with um, addiction. 
one. And I don't know how it is in the UK, but I'm guessing that you're having similar problems. Absolutely, yes. I think I think that addiction is just a worldwide trauma. It's it it is so uh, ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And I do um, I do know that um, there there is an opioid explosion of of opioid addiction uh, in in the world, mm-hmm. um, which is so awful. And I think that. Um, uh, addictive behavior ca- can um, manifest over m- many different kinds of things. You know, people say like um, uh, uh, gambling and food and sex and and, mm-hmm. and shopping. The the addict the, the addictions that I'm working with are drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. um, because that's what I have direct experience of. Um, n- not myself but in my family um there is uh, there is really crazy crazy addiction mm-hmm. um and i and think it's affected you and um and i think that i don't want to put mm-hmm. words in your mouth but it's it's really led you to make this part of your art absolutely well the thing is that i'm i'm a mother of an addict and I don't know what to do I just don't know what to do um, and the only thing that I have in my uh, in my soul is art you know and so I've begun to use like I did like like you said I did a, a project around dying and death um, I, I'm using painting in words to explore what on earth is going on? Because I just don't know. Um, and uh, the, 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 how this began, I'll tell you how this began, was that a couple of years ago in 2018, I did um, an exhibition called The Brighter the Light, the Darker the Shadow. And it was specifically about my son and his opioid addiction. He was fully on board for it, Um he agreed to do it, but uh, at the last minute, he he um, he kind of went mad. I mean, there is so much about addictive behaviour and people in in active addiction that you, they are so they are so unreliable and they are so explosive, and you just don't know what's going to happen next. That was a big lesson. However, I did go ahead with the exhibition, and one lady came in and she looked for ages at the pictures and she looked really um, affected. She looked really angry. And she came to speak to me afterwards. She said, well, what is all this about? And so I told her, I said, I I am the mother of an addict. Um, I have lived alongside addiction. I have had to learn so much about boundaries, about love, about withdrawal, about who I am and who I think he is and who he is. Um, and the only thing I can do is express it through art because uh, I, I don't know what else to do. And I've, and she burst into tears and she said, but this is my story. My daughter is exactly the same. Turns out this poor lady was carrying the whole thing on her own. And there is so much shame and so much stigma about, um, addiction and and our addicts you know 
they they will traumatize us they 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 can be very cruel and they will tell us where to blame they will they will make us responsible and they can be terribly cruel so this poor lady believed her daughter that she was responsible for all this so it was all her fault which gave the daughter carte blanche to do what she liked mm. because the mother was cowed into thinking well i obviously didn't love her enough i haven't done the right thing <sighs> you know and we talked and she began to see that no actually uh this she's not to blame and there's a whole load of help for her out there with different uh, organizations and charities and people even um al anon you know the aa um mm-hmm. branch mm-hmm. and i thought gosh i have to i have to do a project around families about around uh, friends about around all the people who are affected by someone's addiction because uh it's so hard to deal with on your own and you go mad if you're on your own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think you know one of the things that i, I i'm thinking about is the love for your child is hardwired right i mean yeah. we can't help but love our children and how do we navigate when we love them but they're also doing things that are self-destructive and destructive to us our families mm-hmm. the community how do mm-hmm. how do we kind of hold those two truths that there's love and there also may be rage, disgust, um, Mm. embarrassment, all these things, right? It's so many feelings that don't, that, Mm. that can contradict each other. Yes. A brilliant, brilliant question. Now, the title of the new project exhibition is called Addicts and Those Who Love Them. Mm-hmm. And the most important word in there is love. Because just as you say, we're hardwired. Even though we don't feel it a lot of the time, we can actually, we can really dislike, we can hate our addict, you know, mm-hmm. because of the behavior. I, I, I'm just going to mention that someone who is in active addiction can behave so catastrophically badly. They can be so destructive, manipulative. Um, they can they can lie. They and can steal and steal, steal and mm-hmm. they will do anything. Mm-hmm. It's as if you don't exist. You know, they will play you as easily as anything. They will know what buttons to press. They want you to to, to serve their needs and they will do anything to get you to do that. So you have to be, you know, when I say love, the, the, the main thing I think about uh, that is that you have to learn what kind of love. Mm-hmm. You know, your love, well, let's talk about my love. My, my love for my son is there. He is my son. And there is somebody inside this addictive, this addicted person who I know is my boy. He's in there, but you can't find him very often. You, you get glimpses of him. So the love that we have for people in addiction is, it's tough. It's not sentimental. It's often and mostly not reciprocal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's like but, a, but we could even call it me. I, I don't, I, I'm just thinking like maybe there's mm-hmm. other words like a, a bond, unbreakable bond. You know, you'll always be bonded. Yes. I, mm-hmm. the, the, yes. You, you will be bonded. Uh, but, but I, I was, I'm thinking that actually the love has to start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. I've, I've learned over, oh, the last 10 years that my love for my son has to be brought back to me before I can do anything. So I have to put my hand up and say, now look, my son, I love you, but you stay over there because you're, you're doing your crazy. And in order for you to do your crazy, you need me to come down to you. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to love, I'm going to learn to love myself. And the first thing that I do when I love myself is I detach. Mm. I put up those boundaries and I say, no, no. You know, I'm here. My mother used to say about him, she used to say, his place is always laid at the table. So Mm. with that image, his place is always laid at my table, but he is not going to take over my life. And whatever crazy he's doing, that is his choice. He has caused madness and the chaos. There is nothing I can do to help him or to change that unless he wishes to do it. And so I have to back off and love myself. Love myself. Loving detachment. A loving detachment. And I think at the bottom of all this, and maybe it sounds a bit crass, but (sighs) that you still need to be the most important person, even though this is your child, you love him, you want the best for him. At the end of the day, it sounds like you're saying, I'm choosing my own life. You're absolutely right. And it is like that because you know this this business of codependency. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's so easy to be codependent um, with, uh, with someone in addiction because they will created and we will fall into it because we have different rules you know our people are mostly polite in our worlds you know there's that there are there are things you do and don't do with with someone who's in crazy active addiction there's nothing they won't do and they don't care mm-hmm. so i mean that my son um he oh my goodness he can he can cause so much hell. He can cause so much hell. Um, and I choose to not get involved with any of it. But sometimes he will call and I'll pick up the call and his voice is calm and I'll think, now I have you for as long as this lasts and mm-hmm. we will talk and we will talk. And I never say things like I love you because he has no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. But. I keep some very powerful doors open to him, but I have to keep working on them. I have to keep working on who I am, where are my limits, how how can I detach with love and then take the consequences. You know, how when- do you do that, Antonia? How how do you you said I have to 
I think you said check in with myself. You have to kind of see where mm. you're at. Is that something like what's my body doing? How tired am I? Or what? How do you evaluate where how how full your gas tank is? What is that process? Well, this is where other people come in. This is where we need each other. This is this is why I'm doing the stuff I'm doing. Is because on my own, I could I I could do that. I could. I could look inside, I could I could say, what am I feeling? What is real? Sit with this until the panic passes. And that, you know, I do do that. But the one of the most important things is other people who are, who, who know what this is like. So other people who are going through this process too, or who have gone through it. I mean, some of the people I reach out to are ex-addicts who are now clean and sober, and they are very tough in their response to uh, to what what I say, you know. And they're very they're so helpful and they're so insightful, and they understand the love part of it, you know. Um, so I would say that. I'm just trying to think at the most recent time. I think what I do is I just say, I say a small prayer and I say, I say over to you, God. I say over to you, God. This is, mm-hmm. this is, this is not my thing. This is not my story. This too is not my thing. Too big for me. It's too big for me. I love this boy, but it's too big for me. Over to you. And then mm-hmm. I just sit and then I have people who I can call. And working w- with this exhibition, I'm meeting people who are both addict and who are related to or in relationship with addicts. And I paint their portraits and I ask what their story is and I write their story on the painting. And the amount of wisdom and insight and care and connection I get from meeting these people keeps helping me see that... I'm not the only one, and neither is my darling son the only one. He's not the only one. There are millions like him. Mm -hmm. And some of the people I talk to have got through. Many people don't, but some do, and I just wait for the miracle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's... Waiting for the miracle is so beautiful. Hello everyone, I am so excited to announce that my book is finally available for purchase on Amazon and my website, ZestfulAging.com. It's called Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, and it's written for people interested in starting a podcast or for those already podcasting who want to stand out from the 2 million podcasts that are already out there. So please pass this along to anyone you know who could benefit from my 30 years experience as a psychotherapist and over 250 podcast interviews. Thanks so much. You know, one of the things that I wonder about is, have you ever considered the option of saying, I am done? Yeah, and I've done it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I have done that. But there is something about being related to um, someone in addiction that that 
the, the goalposts are always changing, you know. I have so many times said, we're through, that's it, you know, on your own. And then a while later, I will get a communication. And because I'm waiting for the miracle, because I am working on this, I, I, I have no idea how, you know, what what's going to happen, but I have this theory that, you know, if, if his place is always laid at the table, there must be some communication. And of course, as a mum, I'm always hoping. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe this call will be a good one. Mm. But so I, I, I do say I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But inside my son is the child I know, is the young man I know. And sometimes that, that person comes out. And sometimes I think, well, and this is what I've, I've, decided or or I believe after speaking to so many people for the exhibition inside the addict is the person who's still there the soul is there that person is still in there you know and 99% of the time you don't want anything to do with them because they are so disruptive and destructive but that 1% that you know you 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 get them they're in Mm. there Mm-hmm. And they're they're alive. Their their soul is there. That person is there, and that's where the miracle may come at mm-hmm. some point, or it may not. So you have to be in this framework of being really accepting of. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. I know what I wish for, but. Yeah, you really are living in um, in the unknown about something that's so vitally important. That's exactly true, which is why I think that the love starts with me. I, I Antonia supports Antonia. You know, I I I do the best I can for and and around and with him, but the love has to start with me i have i have to be pretty robust Mm -hmm. because this is what life has dealt me you know i i I, all i want is an easy life you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) a a nice quiet easy life i haven't got one but that's that's just the way it is and so um i just I, i have to learn and i i often think that you know i mean it's quite sort of um what's the word uh i was going to say crass but that's not a very nice word you know the people who are the most difficult to love are the ones that need the most love Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. teach us so much Mm. but then i yes Mm. carry on that no that's i think that's such a profound statement do you think that How do I say this without sounding super sexist? I'm wondering about a mother's love. And when you talk to other mothers who love their children who are addicts, Mm. is that a special kind of Mm. experience? Or can we say that anyone who loves an addict you know it's all kind of similar i wonder about being the mom oh wow yes 
Well, that's very interesting because I have spoken to so many mums and we 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 are quite similar. You're absolutely right. I was just thinking as you were speaking, I haven't actually spoken to any dads mm. um, about... I wonder now, I wonder if that's because they don't want to talk about it. That's and so- what is the shame and what are the expectations? You know, what do we believe about why our child is addicted? Is it because it's the mom's fault? Is it the, you know, a lot of it, I think, may be filtered by what the the cultural beliefs are, right? About why this child is using, mm. um, hmm. Yeah. No, oh gosh, that's a whole that's a whole um different um sort of area, isn't it? Because mm. because uh, there are so many endless reasons why people get addicted, you know. They they there is linked to addiction is is mental health. You know, mental health is one of the most uh common reasons why people take drugs and drink is because they're self-medicating, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you get, uh, you know, in in the if somebody has a really traumatic childhood and all they see is their parents and the adults around them doing this, uh, you know, you you can see why they would do the same thing because that's what the adults do. And because actually, I think that at least in the beginning, drugs work. They do take they away do the pain. Work. That's right. You know. That's, that's right. And telling someone not to do drugs because they're bad for you, they're just going to look at you and think, well, where, you know, what planet are you on? You know? <laughs> the Just Say No campaign wasn't very successful. Well, no. I mean, somebody, if you can imagine somebody on a, in a terrible kind of family situation and you just sort of knock on the door and you look down at the, the, the little one, you say, well, don't take drugs, darling. It's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And then parents are rolling around on the floor and they <laughs> probably think, what? <laughs> you know? Exactly. But I think, you're, you know, the, the other thing is that, yes, there's mental health, yes, there's self-medicating, yes, there's trauma. But I think that for someone like me who's, you know, who's just a kind of... Um, middle-class person in a middle-class life the children all went to school you know nobody went hungry um life was pretty sort of it was okay it worked so how do children or how does anyone in in a family like that become addicted i don't know but i i don't i don't know and not everybody does become addicted but i think for the people who do i i I think the shame is around the fact that our families are very important to us don't, and, and our image is very important to us. And in our family, if, if, we, if we can be seen to be doing well with the correct amount of acquisitions and the right kind of lifestyle in that we have the money coming in to pay our bills, we're doing, we're doing stuff to belong. We belong to our tribe. Mm-hmm. And within this sort of... Um, situation there is somebody who is who is just possessed you know because addiction can just make you so erratic and so on and they 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 have no boundaries and they're spilling out all over the place i think people parents like me for a long time feel that we will be judged we will be blamed no one will talk to us everyone will hate us everyone Mm -hmm. does hate us no help for us we're ostracized Mm -hmm. you know I'll, i'll tell you one thing 
one of the first times I went to an Al-Anon meeting, or, or it wasn't Al-Anon, it was some kind of drugs support meeting years ago. And I was in a terrible state because I, I did, I was at that point where I believed, yes, I am to blame. I have done this to my child, though how I could have done it, you know, no way could anybody do that to a child. But I believed it. So I come to this a support group and I sit down and everyone's talking about themselves and they come to me and I hear myself say I hate my addict I wish he was dead and then I burst into tears and I thought oh my god what have I said I'm going to be arrested they're going to throw me out do you know those kind people they put their arms around me and they said we know how you feel we've all been there but you don't hate your addict you hate the addiction and of course you say you want him dead but what you want is the situation to finish you don't really want I thought oh thank you oh my goodness that's it that is profoundly powerful Mm. that's other people that's reaching out to other people those are the good people who will will all support each other you know by keeping kindness and love open (laughs) i don't want to sound like my life is one big um, disaster it isn't no I, <laughs> I'm not hearing that but certainly this has been a massive challenge anything that surprised you as you've been working on this exhibition yes I think actually I'm surprised at the humanity of the people who are actually addicted in active addiction I'm surprised when as a tiny example, I just finished the first um, exhibit, exhibition in Brighton here in the UK on the South Coast. And um, w- w- there were people who were uh, addicted that came into the exhibition and on occasion people who were high as a kite coming into the exhibition. But somehow uh, uh, nobody misbehaved. But sometimes I had to ask them to leave because they were sort of off their trolleys and talking loudly without pausing for breath mm-hmm. um, and uh, just just being erratic. And I would ask them to leave and they would smile and they say yes, like they understood. And then every time they would say, can I have a hug? And I would give them a hug and they'd go. And I think, well, I didn't expect that. I, you know... What, what's that about, you know? And another little kind of lesson gets learned. I don't know what the lesson actually is, but because I haven't worked it out yet, but it's something to do with there is a person in there. There is a humanity in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you have to kind of get yourself emotionally ready to be there with your art and have people coming mm. through and speaking with you and and recognizing mm. themselves in in this work i mean i imagine that's not something you do just you know it's not like running mm. errands for groceries right i mean i imagine that that takes some mental uh, yes, energy it, from it does from and yes you. i do i do i do have to 
I do have to center myself and ground myself. And I think this, this is something that comes with age. I'm 60 now, you know, and my, I'm so proud of it. My hair is completely gray. I've let it all go. And now I look like, you know, mm-hmm. I look like the old lady, you know, nice, nice, but... <laughs> Well, I, I'm not. I, I you you wear very beautiful, oh. bright lipstick, and look quite <laughs> sassy. Yes. Well, I think what this does a thank you, Nicole. You're a darling. But being a bit older and having this white gray hair, it kind of makes me safer to talk to. I think, I over the years of dealing with people at the end of life and and now with this. One of the things I've learned, well, two things I've learned is, first of all, to just listen and really deeply listen, just not to interrupt, just listen. And the second thing is I have to be really careful not to know more than the person who's talking to me so that if they say something and I say, "I, I, I... I might say, oh, yes, I know, I know that, and I know this about it, and I know that about it. So automatically, I bring the conversation back to me. So mm. I, I have to be careful never to do that. Just mm-hmm. listen and love and listen and love. And yes, I do have to ground myself. And once again, that's where people, other people come in. You know, when I'm doing a, a, an exhibition, um, I have a lot of support um for, for example, in the last exhibition, uh, two of my cousins, Maddie and Kirsten, came to stay for the week so that they took over all the household stuff, all the food, most of the driving, and they came and supported me at the exhibition to make sure that I was never on my own. That's so important. So I could just give my attention to the people, to the stories, to the uh, what's happening. And I don't have to worry about anything else. I, <laughs> do you know, yes, I, I don't know whether I should say it or not, but, you know, it felt like being a 1950s husband, you know, because everything was done. I even got back mm-hmm. and one of my cousins mm-hmm. had done all the washing. You know, I thought, oh, 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 oh that oh. is... <laughs> we do. I, <laughs> we all want that. We all want a 1950s. We all need sort of the stereotypical housewife. Mm. The only problem is, at least in this country, they got depressed and were on benzos to get through their days because they were so understimulated and, you know. Absolutely not. I was being, I was, I was in, I was for a moment uh, sort of inhabiting the actual husband and all this, not the wife. I was being, I was being Ah, the husband and having everything done for me. I had, yes. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely, the poor oh. wives. I'm so glad that 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 you know <laughs> that doesn't happen now, unless people right. want it to, you know, and they're all oh, happy about it. But boy, that's support. <laughs> that sounds like so. You know, you talked about self love before, but you. Mm. This is not something you can, I think, do without probably acknowledging the cost to your own energy, right? Yes. Reserves. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. But, you know, um, there are, there are so many people who want to be heard and seen. 
and I, I, I'm finding that um, with the subject of addiction and, and loving someone in addiction, I'm finding that so many people are coming forward and wanting to talk. I've, I've got another seven or eight people to paint because I'm a portrait painter by profession, so to, to paint their portraits and to listen and write up their stories. I, I, there are so many people who who just want to talk. And the thing about the exhibition is there's no judgment. I haven't got an answer. I don't know what it's all about, mm. which is why I'm doing it. I'm just asking questions. Mm-hmm. What's it like for you? Let me paint your portrait. What's it like mm-hmm. for you? Tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not, you know, this is the right way to think about it or you should be doing this, this, and this to recover. You're mm. just there and open. and. Mm. So what would you say your legacy is? Wow, what's my legacy? Oh gosh. Well, I think sometimes you see, I, I have great dreams of of doing amazing things in the world, but I lack the ability to do kind of um, things for loads of people at once. You know, I can't I can't do crowds. I can do one person at a time. I can mm-hmm. speak to one person. I can listen to one person. So I think my legacy, I would love to think that my legacy was a kind of one person at a time, little switching of the light on inside their heart. Just mm-hmm. one person at a time. Not that they'd be changed, not that, you know, you know, they wouldn't go away and everything would be different. But that little light of being heard and listened to and and actually not judged, but as much as possible understood just mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the moment they're in front of me. That connection of I see you. Yes, mm-hmm. that could have ripple effects, which then could help them to make a better decision, perhaps about someone else and then they might make a better decision about something else it's the ripple effect so I think my legacy is just one person at a time Mm -hmm. just a bit of light Mm -hmm. just a bit of light oh my goodness um and I know that uh you've got these exhibits and people come to see them in the UK are they at all available online is there any uh internet access Yes, on my website, um, but I am going to put more of them up on the website. I've got, uh, and if, if you go onto my web- website, um, which is antoniarolls.co.uk, uh, just go onto projects, you'll see addicts and those who love them. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. I have a newsletter. I have yes. a newsletter which people can subscribe to, and that comes out once every two weeks. And in there, I have all the information of what I'm doing and and all the bits and pieces. So you can subscribe to that on my website. Um, and I have a YouTube channel, and mm. I have a couple of videos there about... Uh, the exhibition and that's under Antonia Rolls as well I've made life really easy absolutely everything I do it's just (laughs) Antonia Rolls perfect perfect okay and now that things are opening up and I know people are traveling um Mm. are what what are some of the details about the uh exhibition is it going on through the summer or where can people see it 
Well, actually, um, Nicole, it's just closed. It's just had its first run, and uh-huh. I'm now going to work on the next um, the next load of of, of work uh-huh. and exhibit it again when they're done. And I should think it'll be probably in a couple of months' time. But um, I am so available to talk, you know. Mm. So if anyone has a story, if anyone mm-hmm. wants to to share anything, if anyone wants to get hold of me, you can do it via my website. I, I'm. Uh, if I was to say I am so easy, you know what I mean. I am not a complicated person. So if anybody does need to get hold of me, they mm-hmm. can do. And I can, I'm, all the work I do is free, you see. So everything mm-hmm. I do is free. I crowdfund to support and I, I have donations to support the work I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone wants me to send them images of, of the paintings, mm-hmm. I'll do it. I think that's really wonderful so that people can reach out to you at your website and say, you know, I have a story about addiction and yeah. and connect with you. Um, and I just want to spell it again. It's Antonio, A-N-T-O-N-I-A. Yes. Rolls, R-O-L-L-S. Antonio, it is such an honor and uh, such a deep pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing this, this story. And I know that, you know, it's going to go out all over the world. And I know that people will deeply resonate with your experience and others experience of of loving an addict thank you so much for being with me today nicole thank you how wonderful to speak with you thank you Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer, Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And too much stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the 
clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. Mm -hmm.